Hi, I'm Graham Mack and welcome to the Pod 20, the countdown of the most popular podcasts in the world right now. This week, my special guest is Nick Randall from SNS Online. Nick, podcasting keeps growing. What would you like to see happen next? Possibly, the only thing I could think of is possibly some sort of reward system. Not financial, but it could lead to financial things. So, like the blue ticks used to get on Twitter when it was like yeah. a verified thing yeah. of, of uh, you're in broadcasting or something. Some verified, t- if there was some sort of acknowledgement from the show, regardless of how many listens they got, so I might have a go at that. But just so it just would be something a reward system, and I'm yeah. not just talking about the British Podcast Awards, which is a great um, vehicle. It I, is. Yeah. I remember ser- yeah. I searched for years to find out. There's got to be some podcast awards in the world. I kept googling, couldn't find anything. Eventually found this. I mean, I've entered it every year because I think you've got to be in it to win it, and I've never got anywhere. And the problem with it is you don't know if you are a you know like it's i think there's six people in the shortlist you don't know if you're number seven or number 77 or a thousand and seventy seven so you never really have any idea and of course they haven't got the the finances to give you that information i get it but i just think there should be a a, 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 a reward system to to help and encourage people more and also for to, to help them improve to, to you know to get the content better i mean there's nothing wrong with a few guys around a microphone in their bedroom banging on about last night's tv or they're doing a show about buffy or whatever i mean that's great if you want to listen to it and probably they will get far more listeners than i do from the show with armistead morgan whatever good luck to them but i just i think they're just it it will help consumers possibly have a a better idea about oh yeah they're having a bit of fun let we can have a listen to it or, or oh yeah this is like they do this and that and the other. Am I making any sense? I mean, I, I'm yeah, really not I quite think, sure. I think it gets back to it, it gets back to discovery, doesn't it? I mean, there the may be because there are so many niches and there's so many great podcasts and there's so many great guests on podcasts like yours on SNS Online, and people, you know, say someone who is massive fan Armistead Morpin's um, work doesn't know they're on your show until they they accidentally catch your show on podcast radio or 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 catch this thing on youtube or whatever it is and then all of a sudden they go back and listen to it from three years ago or or whatever Mm. the thing is if only they Mm. they knew then and you know i think i think podcast radio does a great job to help with discovery it just there just needs to be some other some other way of discovering great podcasts and i don't know what that would be One good thing about my show, which I will sort of throw in, is the fact that they are quite, a lot of them are quite timeless. Yes. And so I will interview, some, say, Armstead Morpin. I can't remember when I interviewed him now, a couple of years ago, and he was he was just about to work on the brand new Tales of a City. Well, it's actually set in the 80s. So, yeah. And I don't think that book's come out yet. So as far as I'm concerned, in terms of where he's at now, yes. that's still reasonably uh, um, su- summing up his life to date, really. So a lot of these don't really really age and quite often i get guests who might be older i I find that guests are in the apex of their careers all the emerald streets and all that lot they're probably too busy to to do a podcast particularly one like mine that might not have the reach that they they want and they are and they also get interviewed all the time so as much it'd be great to speak to some that meryl street it does i'm not really worried about it and so I, i quite often find i get people for example, Derek Martin, he's in his 80s, but what a life to, to, to talk about all that amazing stuff. So 
I sometimes get sort of criticised, oh yeah, well, he, he either interviews clapped out music stars from the 80s or clapped out Doctor Who assess, assistants from the 60s and stuff. And I think I, I thought you're missing a point that, that there is a there is a rich life there to be listened to. And I, 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 yeah. Unlike radio that just goes out there and disappears, podcasts stay around forever. We'll find out where SNS Online with Nick Randall is on the chart soon. The Pod 20 is heard on podcast radio on DAB in the UK, on demand in the USA at talkers.com, around the world on multiple platforms, and as a podcast itself. Into the chart now, and at number 20, Desert Island Discs. Lauren Laverne's latest castaway is the businessman John Cordwell. 19. Behind the Bastards, the worst humans in history. The latest episode looks at two Pennsylvania judges who were convicted in 2008 of accepting money in return for sending juveniles to care-for-profit detention centres. 18. Things Fell Apart a series of strange, unexpected human stories from the history of the culture wars. In the latest episode, John Ronson investigates an incident of racist bullying on Snapchat, which is currently tearing apart a small town in Michigan. 17. The Breakfast Club The world's most dangerous morning show With DJ Envy, Angela Yee and Chalamagne, the god. 16. The Influential Women Podcast. Nikki Bannerman talks to the most important women in the world. Nikki, why do women need to hear this podcast? The women, well, good question, actually. Um, I didn't deliberately do it to help women. I think women needed helping. It was sort of ahead of the curve in terms of there weren't many female podcasters around. I was helping women in broadcast because there weren't many. There were no women on BBC Radio 2. There were no, very few radio breakfast presenters so it was to help women in broadcast to start with for the bbc and then my the one the influential women podcast was to help all women because it was a natural extension and i knew the broadcast you know i talked to broadcasters authors celebrities campaigners so i knew a lot of those people um so that helped that launch but men need it too and quarter of our audience are male listeners and in fact for international men's day i interviewed dr jerome Tluxing, which has got the best name in the world. And over in Trinidad, with our technology, I could interview him from my sofa to his uh, university over in the West Indies. And he started it. And it's now in 90 countries at International Men's Day. And lots of men don't know about it. So wow. I, I do interview men too. And A lot of women would say every day is International I Men's know, Day. Well, I Far be it from me to comment on that one, Graham, but uh, <laughs> yeah, people have found and men have found and everyone have found. And in fact, Dr. Jerome T. Like Singh said, it isn't different for men and women. You know, equality is for both of us. You know, we, we all need to, we all feel stuff. We've all been through problems in the last two years, men and women. And um, we all need to talk more, share more, you know, say how we feel more and help each other more. Mm. Uh, because, uh, you know, men do listen to our podcast because they want to know how to overcome adversity. And I listen to a lot of men's podcasts like Dr. Ronga and Chatterjee, and mm -hmm. he's brilliant. And that's mainly men that listen to it. And Paul McKenna's Positivity, 
Yeah. These are more positive for men, for men, but women listen to them as well because we're all human. Um, and we all have been through a lot of crappy times the last two years and really struggled every day uh, with that. Um, mm -hmm. so I think a lot of our chat helps, doesn't it? I think it does. The Influential Women podcast with Nikki Bannerman is number 16 this week on the Pod 20. 15. The Jordan Harbinger Show. In-depth conversations with people at the top of their game. His latest guest is Martin Cove, the actor best known as the evil karate sensei John Kreese in the Karate Kid trilogy and Netflix's Cobra Kai series. 14. The Jordan B. Peterson Podcast. Enlightening discourse that will change the way you think. 13. On Purpose with Jay Shetty. Fascinating conversations with the most insightful people in the world. 12. Freakonomics Radio. Discover the hidden side of everything with Stephen J. Dubner, co-author of the Freakonomics books. The latest episode is called Why is Everyone Moving to Dallas? 11. The Bible in a Year with Father Mike Schmitz. Father Schmitz walks you through the entire Bible in 365 episodes. Here's what that podcast might sound like if Ricky Gervais presented it. The first book of Moses, commonly called Genesis. Start at the beginning. Um, some of the things you, you, you'll hear um, do sound a little bit far-fetched, I admit that. I thought it was a bit, but um, then I found out that the other name for the Bible is the Gospel, so it is all true. So, <laughs> luckily, clue is in the title. Okay. Come on, come on. It's the Bible. Okay. Chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It doesn't go into detail. Um, <laughs> He doesn't need to explain to you. You probably understand it because he's got a massive brain. Yours is little, and, he, and you go, "What?" He goes, "Don't what? Just trust me. I, I, I did." Um, and also, if he ex explained it to you, it would like ruin the enigma. Do you know what I mean? You'd go, "That's amazing." He just said, "It's a trick," and you go, "Oh." So it's like seeing. You know, it's like David Blaine did something, and you go, oh, "That is real magic." And you go, "No, I'm just standing on one leg and lifting the other up." <laughs> Easy. So. Keeps his cards very close to his chest, God. Good luck. Good luck to him. He can do what he wants. He can do anything, so he can do what he wants. Okay, here we go. In the beginning, God created the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. Bit dark, he sorted that out. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Huh? Isn't that brilliant? <laughs> hey? Oh come on, that's amazing. He just made he made light up. Just it was dark, it was nothing before. It's not like he saw someone on holiday and went, that'll be good back on earth. He made it up. Do you not you're it, he invented there was no there was nothing to go by. It wasn't like there was twilight and he went, let's have that a little bit brighter. He, <laughs> he just went, let there be light and there and at the speed of light, he didn't go, let there be light. Come on, I'm busy. It's the first day, I've got a lot to do. I've only got seven days. It just do you know what I mean? He, and he probably didn't have to say it, he did say it, but he could have gone, mm, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Brilliant. <laughs> He's amazing. What are you? Free your minds. Listen, right? Okay. So he did the light, invented it, which means that he created the heaven and the earth in the dark. <laughs> How good is that? I'd have gone right. Let's have a little bit of light on the situation. Let's see what we're doing. Right. 
need some planets. Um, he went, that's everything, let's have a look. Brilliant. And God saw the light and saw that it was good. Even though he says so himself. Um, no, I mean, well, it, no, it is good, but just, if there's pride in your work, then there's arrogance. It's the Pod 20 from Podcast Radio. I'm Graham Mack, and we're into the top 10. At number 10, last week's number one, Wild Things, Siegfried and Roy, the podcast that takes you behind the velvet curtain to reveal shocking details and hidden truths about the two Las Vegas magicians. 9. Hidden Brain, Shankar Vedantam uses science and storytelling to reveal the unconscious patterns that drive human behaviour. 8. Happy Place. Fern Cotton talks to incredible people about life, love, loss, and everything in between, and she reveals what happiness means to them. 7. SNS Online with Nick Randall. The podcast's been going for a while now, hasn't it, Nick? Oh, my God, it's been going thousands. Well, no, it hasn't been going thousands. So I think we're on our eight. Just, we've just finished. I always say we to imply there's a huge team of people working. Why not? It's just me. Well, because it just sounds a bit better, doesn't it? So we have just finished, the Royal We, we've just finished a series eight. So that's eight eight years, plus four years of of the other one. So whatever that is, a 13. So um, yeah, so it's been going a tidy while. Yeah. And did did you find when you switched from doing what was a broadcast show to a podcast show, that that made things easier in any way because you don't have the you know the main difference i think between broadcasting and podcasting is that broadcasting will have a format of some kind and there are tighter formats than others but podcasting is just so open and free and if you if you want to talk to a guest for a a little bit longer and, and not go to traffic and travel right now you can do that and and i say this as someone who used to do a talk show and once had a cabinet minister on an ISDN line and was told to to wind the interview up quickly so we could go to traffic and travel. And we went to traffic and travel and nothing was going on. Um, <laughs> and I think sometimes radio suffers because of that, because mm. you can't just, you know, go in a direction or, or milk something. You have to keep stopping down for these particular junctions, specifically but, com- commercial radio with yeah, commercials and news. Mm, yeah. But what I would say is I quite like the fact that I um, I had that discipline of having to make each um, episode um, like 59 minutes, 28 seconds or all that sort of thing. And yeah. but there, there was a structure to it because I think when you listen to I mean, I'm very old school, but when I listen to a, a radio show, I like to I like it to be reasonably tight in content yeah. and the way it's structured. It is probably my BBC training after years and years. Yeah. So for me, I, I, it didn't change completely. It didn't change that much, you know. I I, um, I still wanted it to uh, to have a have a certain structure to it. But it was it, it, I could be freer to have like an hour and a half if I wanted to, or split up into two parts. And and there was no deadline. It had to come out at a certain time. Although I did give myself deadlines just to make it feel a bit more like broadcasting because i thought that was it was good to sort of and also uh, it forces you to get things done <laughs> well yeah. i mean the thing is if you if you got like an album releasing on a certain day or a tv program and you've you've done a feature about that it needs to go out on that day for it to yeah. really uh work 
So I had a lot of those sort of deadlines. So it just became a different sort of thing. I, and just on a general general note about podcasts, I mean, there are some incredible podcasts out there. We are almost drowning in this content. I mean, a lot of it is, is just fantastic. But I, I do struggle a little bit when occasionally I put on something and they just take forever to get around to, to, to giving us some, some content. So to start with, it will be Jim and Tony, and they'll be on one little tinny mic in their bedroom, and Gary can't be there because he's got a bad foot, and they'll, they'll bang on about their Patreon thing and this and advertising for the first 10 minutes, and you just think, well, I'm, I'm going to switch off now, and I haven't even heard anything. Yeah. So, I mean, so what I do is I have, like, literally, as soon as you're into the show, there's a tight sort of um, menu with clips, a, a music bed, a straight into the, the guests, and blah, 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 blah. I mean, I would say... I say possibly one of the issues with my one of the many issues with my show might be that I'm not very good at um, whittling things down. I mean, if I've got like a, a great guest, I don't really want to uh, ditch anything. I mean, occasionally I'll cut the odd thing out, but I I just think, oh, I want to put it all in. So they do. Some of them can be a little bit longer than others, but you know, that's the pause button, isn't it? But it does sound great, and you do, as you say, you hit the ground running, and that drink. is some something I noticed is, is like, yeah, you're right. So many podcasts, they just you just think to yourself, get on with it. And actually, no. some of there are some of the really big ones that make it into you know top ten on Pod Twenty, and you listen to them, and you think, yeah. wow, it's taken fifteen minutes for you to get to the guest. Yeah, I know, and it's, I know. it could have taken like three, and we could, you know, there was some good content in the preamble, but. There wasn't, you know, that there wasn't 15 minutes worth. Yeah. And I do like that about your podcast. It really, uh, it's, I think it's about having a, some respect for the listener's time because well, I mean, that's, that's the what they're giving you is they're giving you their most yeah. valuable resource. You, you owe it to them to mm. not waste it. I know. And, and I'm, you know, I'm always grateful when, when anybody <laughs> tunes in and or comments or anything like that, because I mean, that's what it's all about. You, you create these things to be, consumed and enjoyed you hope at the end of the day so yeah, yeah. and you're right about there being mm. so many podcasts out there i mean that's one of the great things about podcast radio is you can turn it on and you you really i mean there is obviously there's a schedule but you, you something might catch you out that you wouldn't have found otherwise and you go no. i must remember that podcast like the soho one for instance is one i i didn't yeah. know anything about and i caught it on podcast that's radio really. it's a great podcast about a really special mm. part of london and you know it's yeah. no sns online but it's a good podcast you know what i'm saying it's oh it's i mean it, it, i would say it's its value is 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 equal to it uh, because you would say not, equal no, okay I, I, yeah <laughs> No, I mean it, it's 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 very well it's very very well made and mixed and all the rest of it. So I, I just tend to warm to those type of podcasts. I, I I do. I mean the thing is, my show is quite traditional and it's almost like a radio show you would expect to hear, yeah. rather than. I mean they have they have things like the grief cast now, where a stand-up comedian talks about some loss in his life. I mean that's a really clever spin on on an idea to interview somebody. Or Alan Carr, I think he interviews people about their holidays or or for their favorite restaurants, when you're in a really happy mood and you remember happy, so that's brilliant. But I mean, my one is far more like, I, I guess like um, Alan Yentob's uh, art shows, that sort of thing. It, it's it's more like guest of the week and it's a very, it's it's more specifically done. And and it, my tagline is is um, uh, arts and lifestyle, which basically means I can tell any sort of story. Yeah, because um, I don't like to be hemmed in. I I, I like to be able to, to do anything, really, you know. And you do, and that's probably why SNS Online with Nick Randall is at number seven this week on the Pod Twenty.
Six, smartless. Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes and Will Arnett connect people from all walks of life. Five, sweet Bobby. Kirat is a successful radio presenter. On Facebook, she meets Bobby, a handsome cardiologist. He's a catch. Soon they get tangled up in a love affair full of lies and manipulation. Then, Kirat discovers a deception of almost unimaginable proportions. 4. My favourite murder with Karen Gilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. This week, Amazon Music and Wondery acquired the exclusive rights to this true crime podcast. 3. Stuff You Should Know If you've ever wanted to know about champagne, Satanism, the Stonewall Uprising, Chaos Theory, LSD, El Nino, True Crime and Rosa Parks, then look no further. Josh and Chuck have you covered. The latest episode is about the Arctic Fox. 2. Crime Junkie If you can never get enough true crime, congratulations, you've found your people. And at number one... The Diary of a CEO with Steve Bartlett. Steve's latest guest is Fern Cotton. I wanted to be liked and I wanted people to think I was interesting and so I had to pretend. And the voice in my head, this ego, kept saying I'm a piece of shit. That I still really have a problem with and I've got to get better at. When you're in that headspace, not much makes sense anymore and you have to start questioning everything. Otherwise you just get stuck. The new path that I've forged, which isn't necessarily as mainstream and isn't as shiny or celebrated or whatever, but I can be truly me and there's room to move and there's room to change. It feels liberating. Fern Cotton. To me, she's the definition of authenticity and she absolutely exudes self-awareness and wisdom because she spent the last 10, 20 years understanding herself. She went through this remarkable journey of entering the public spotlight at just 15 years old, where she started working on TV. And up until her 30s, where she worked on BBC's Radio One, she remained front and centre in British media. But behind the scenes, something else was going on. Feeling like she wasn't being true to herself and she was living someone else's life, like she was wearing a mask. It all came to a head in her early 30s, where she realised that something had to change. If her panic attacks and her depression was to end, she had to make big life changes. And this meant leaving her job and pursuing a completely different, uncertain, unknown path. Her story is remarkable, but this conversation was so incredibly valuable because Fern is wise. She's done the work. And as she sits here today, she's able to tell us, to tell me, to tell you, the listener, how to avoid making some of the mistakes that she made in her life so that we can all get to our own very happy place. Steve Bartlett, Diary of a CEO, number one this week on the Pod 20. And that's it for episode 92. Thanks to this week's guests, Nick Randall and Nikki Bannerman. Next week, my guest is Tom Bell from Tom's 5-Minute Friday podcast. Tom, you're an NHS whistleblower and you work to uncover corruption in large public organisations. Is it just a question of these places being run by bad people? 
No, it's bad systems. Uh, don't get me wrong. There are always going to be bad people in every section of society. And there's a, a really interesting stat. He would say that, wouldn't he? But there's a really interesting stat that I'll pull out the hat just to illustrate that point. If you took all the public sector employees in the UK together, yeah, and you stuck them in one city, right? You'd have a city of just over 5 million people, yeah? If you then apply Office of National Statistics crime stats to that city of 5 million, yeah? You'd have a murder, homicide rate, as the Yanks call it. You'd have a murder, a homicide rate of 55 people per year, yeah? Okay. And in terms of crimes committed, you'd have half a million crimes, that's 10,000 every week, committed each year. Those would include, include things like your fraud, theft, rape, burglary, domestic violence, assault, da-da-da-da-da, yeah? So my point is that things will happen in public services just as they happen in other parts of society because the people that work in the public sector are just a mirror of society. They're no different. You know, they're, they're not angels, nor are they devils but they are a mirror of society. But what they find themselves in is bad systems which perpetuate bad behavior. And the the, the area of expertise that I deal in when I'm talking to uh, people and organizations that are willing to listen is we talk about this thing called willful blindness, yeah? And willful blindness is, um, it, it's, it goes under many, many names, moral myopia, yeah? You know, uh, uh, motivated blindness is another. And essentially, the question you're asking is, is it bad people or bad systems? We, you can't deal with the bad people, right? Because the, the, and when we say bad people, these are, these are people that do bad things. I, I guess whether we call them bad people or not, is, that's open for discussion. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have those things happening anyway. The problem, though, is that what the public sector does is it amplifies their behavior and it provides a lovely a host, if you like, a breeding ground for bad behaviours. Because when people do the wrong things, yeah, when people are involved in harmful practices or, or deceitful practices, those things aren't called out. But, so you're saying like in any large num group of people, there are always bad eggs. But Absolutely. If the system's at fault, what stops people coming forward and calling it out then? Because if they don't do that, they're enablers. What, what is there in the system's in Britain's public services that stops people calling it out? There's a number of things, really. I think one of the main things is the treatment of whistleblowers. So um, if I use my own case as an example, when I worked in the private sector, I worked for a large drinks company, yeah? Um, it, I think it was one of the best jobs I ever had, probably, dilly do. Um, and they, the people that were at the top of that organisation wanted to know what was happening at the front lines in the marketplace, yeah? And the reason they wanted to know that was, and the company was, of course, Carlsberg, but they would come out with the trade people like myself. They'd come out to talk to customers and they'd spend time talking to people to understand how they could improve, how they could get better. And the reason they did that was quite simple. It was the sustainability of their own jobs and it was profit on which they were judged. Yeah. In yeah. other words, you have to succeed in the marketplace. Yeah. Hmm. And so... What happens in the private sector is, don't get me wrong, it doesn't happen everywhere. You know, we've got terrible examples of banking and other things where people have turned a blind eye, yeah? But in the private sector, it doesn't pay you to turn a blind eye to things that aren't going well because the marketplace will find you out. If if you're Carlsberg and, and the quality of your beer is terrible and people are telling you that, but you ignore it, yeah? You just pop your fingers in your ears and go, I can't hear you, yeah? Then actually people will start to drink other products. You'll lose your market share to your Carlings, to your Fosters, to all those other things, yeah? In the public sector, there are no rewards for doing well and there are no penalties for failing. So if I come to you and I say, let's imagine you're my director, yeah, and I come and I say, hey, Graham, you know, 
I've just been talking to some service users of mental health services, as we used to do, and they're really unhappy with the way things are run, yeah? They don't like this, they, they, they don't like that, they feel that they are marginalised, they feel that services aren't available to them that they need, and they feel that they have to travel a long way to access mental health specialists, yeah? So some, let's call them legitimate concerns that people have. Now, in the private sector... And these people are people who are wanting to make the service better. Absolutely. Because, yeah. you know, when we talk about whistleblowers, they're just truth tellers. And uh, I would call a whistleblower a market researcher because all a whistleblower is doing is he's saying to you, here's an opportunity to improve. Mm. If, if you get this bit right, you can get better. Now, the problem is that my mentality, because I worked in the private sector since leaving school, well, since, since being kicked out of school unceremoniously, I have to say. But um, my mentality has always been that you can succeed in the private sector by doing what the customer wants you to do. It's the customer that pays your wages, yeah? And I always remember that as a, as a salesman at a young age, customers would remind me, Tom, it's me that's paying your wages. So you get it right with them or you don't get paid. It's pretty simple. In the public sector, there's no direct relationship. So your bank balance sits over here in the public sector, yeah? And there's no direct relationship between that and a delighted customer. Because actually you're not that bothered about the customers or the service users. You're just trying to keep the regulator happy, keep the funder happy meet your targets. We call it chasing the target and missing the point, yeah? You yeah. just want to keep them happy because keeping them happy keeps them off your back. If the service users are complaining, it doesn't matter to you. You know, it's the equivalent of the people that drink the beer for Carlsberg. If they were all saying this beer is terrible, you just ignore them because they've got no choice about where they get it. Right. And so what you've got in the public sector is you've got the lack of this competitive... I'm not a privateer, by the way. You know, I'm a paid-up socialist. I'll, that's, I'll, let's get that out now. But... And I love the NHS. I think between me, my mum, my nan and my auntie, we've got just over 100 years' experience of working in the NHS. As a concept, it's bloody wonderful. You know, there's, if, you, if you met an alien who landed on planet Earth and said, show me an example of this thing you call civilization, Graham, you'd probably take them to the concept of the NHS and say, this is it. We all yeah. throw a few quid into the pot so that when one of us needs it, we get it. Because none of us can afford a hospital in our own back garden, Yeah, yeah. Do you see where I'm coming from? You know, that, yeah, yeah. It, it, as a, it's, I think it's a wonderful example of humanity at its very best. I don't just think it's about Britain's best. I think it's a, a wonderful human example. But the problem is that we're, what we've got now is a lot of public sector servants who have succeeded just by chasing the numbers. You chase the target, yeah? So we, we have this guy that came to Cumbria a couple of years ago, right? And he gets awarded a CBE, right? You know, he's, he's appointed as chief executive. He's on 250000 a year. And he gets given a CBE for his services to healthcare, right? Yeah. Great. At the same time as he's in charge of that hospital, it pays out tens of millions of pounds in compensation to the families of patients who have been harmed and killed in its care. Now, the bit about him getting his CBE, that's the bit that goes in the paper because the, yeah. the public relations team, that's the bit they send out, yeah? Yeah. The bit about the tens of millions of pounds of yours and my money, right, that's just been pissed up the wall, yeah? <laughs> Yeah. That doesn't get in the paper. Yeah. That's that's hidden. You can only get that with a freedom of information request. So what you've got is this um strange machine which concentrates on hitting the numbers. It doesn't matter about the customers, you just hit the numbers. Now here's where the mismatch comes, because if you take nurses as a great example, a lot of people are going to nursing are called to that as a vocation, aren't they? They are actually yeah. really caring people. Yeah. And again, I've got to say that because, you know, my mum, my nan and my gran, they all talk about a time where they saw it as caring caring before counting. And they all remember the introduction of NHS management as being a terrible thing as far as they were concerned, yeah? And I think to some degree they're right because managers that are removed from the front line 
and who have no sense of the customer's needs, the service user's needs, are not really adding a great deal of value. All they're doing is enforcing these targets that come down from above, yeah? Hmm. Keep the regulator happy, keep the government happy, keep the departments happy, keep the funding coming, and if we get bad reviews from people, so what? Tom Bell, my special guest next week on The Pod 20. In the meantime, you can watch extended video chats with my guests on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel. And what will happen on the podcast radio chart next week? Will your favourite make it to number one? Find out with me, Graham Mack, at 5pm on Fridays and across the weekend on podcast radio. And influence the chart. Make a recommendation at thepodcastradio.co.uk. Faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told. The Friday Reporter podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more.